0: Hello and welcome to the World in 10 with Alex Dibble and Rosie Wright, a summary of the global agenda with the news broken and analysed by the Times of London's Correspondence.
2: Uh, today, the repercussions of Victory Day in Russia. Also, how German politicians are borrowing tactics from American culture war politics and how wearing face masks has become such a habit in Japan that people are getting lessons to relearn how to smile.
0: This is Russia's annual Victory Day Parade, which has been today. And here is President Putin addressing that parade. And what you're hearing here is him making a series of accusations against the West.
2: He's being very clear who he lays to blame here. Putin's accusing the West of unleashing war against Russia, saying the West has forgotten who defeated the Nazis, and actually comparing the West now to creating this new cult of Nazism. Very strong, extremely robust words, because actually what he's got in terms of military personnel is quite weak right now
0: Mm. now the full article on the victory day parade is on the times website at the moment but there are some key observations in it including that there were no tanks well there was one which was a second world war tank an antique um because there are estimates that Russia has lost 2,000 of them in the war so far so they didn't have any to put on the parade and also that the fly pass has been cancelled again because of the number of aircraft they've lost.
2: Yeah, It's normally this fantastic military display very depleted this year. Maxim Tucker has been covering the Ukraine war for the times and he says that the sheer number of losses now that Putin's had in terms of his military personnel is prompting quite an unusual recruitment drive.
1: Putin has desperately tried to hide the cost of the war from ordinary Russians, particularly in the kind of major cities. And so from the beginning of of the war, the Russian army has been trying to recruit people in in far-flung regions of Russia, causing a really serious demographic crisis in some of those areas. And the latest thing seems to be that they're trying to target Central Asian migrants who have been coming to Russia for years, and they're trying to attract them with promises of large pay packets and Russian citizenship, a process would normally would take five years. They're promised in six, to, six months to a year if, if they join the Russian army. But obviously there's a huge risk to them that they're sent out to, to fight in Ukraine that they'll simply be used as cannon fodder.
0: In terms of Putin's speech today, uh, Maxim picks out one quote in his article, which is, The decisive battle for the fate of our motherland has become domestic. And Maxim believes that Putin is kind of trying to reframe the war now as a battle for Russia's survival rather than a special military operation in Ukraine
2: in the west there's going to be quite a focus on ukraine in a very different sphere this week um zelensky addressed the european commission but what lots of people will be celebrating in terms of music is the eurovision song contest and Ukraine really will be honoured in the UK Mm. Uh, The city of Liverpool are are hosting the tournament on behalf of Ukraine Clearly uh, they can't do that right now and there's loads of imagery uh, in the city reflecting Ukraine flags and even things like sandbags covering monuments sort of reflecting what's exactly happened in Ukraine, what they've had to do to protect their statues. It's the first semi-final tonight. The final will be on Saturday Former Prime Minister of Pakistan, Imran Khan, has been arrested uh, whilst he appeared in court today. (laughs) And what you're hearing there is dozens of Pakistan rangers, they're the federal law enforcement in the country, taking him into a a vehicle. Uh, The government are saying that, you know, Khan, also uh, Pakistan's former cricket captain, illegally bought land from a business tycoon, whilst he was in office.
0: And Khan himself says that there is a bit of a conspiracy to keep him and his party from retaking power. Uh, This is what he told The Times in November. As
1: the party's popularity grew, the people who conspired to get rid of me and who are now scared that if any election we will come back, I think that they, they they have decided to eliminate me. That I know
0: and Imran Khan's party has now called for nationwide protests by his supporters against his arrest. We've got a story here about how American culture war politics is now at play in Germany. Because the main city library in Munich is holding a sort of German equivalent of drag queen story hour. And what's going to happen in this case is that they're going to be two drag artists and a teenage transgender girl giving readings. And the children who are there are going to be exposed to sex and gender perspectives that are not in the German curriculum.
2: Yeah, not the traditional curriculum. And and that's caused a a huge political row. The ruling party there say this is evidence of wokeness that it's gone way too far uh, saying things like it's a danger to the welfare of children and to give you an idea of how extreme uh, that's got the deputy pm of bavaria said you know maybe we should even get social services involved
0: yes so we thought it would be a good idea to speak to oliver moody the Times's berlin correspondent and he explained to us how politicians in germany on both the left and the right are borrowing electoral tactics from the united states Germany has
1: has kind of traditionally liked to think of itself as being pretty immune to the the culture wars that have been uh, raging on the other side of the Atlantic and, and to a certain extent in in Britain but what we've seen increasingly over the past couple of years or so is both Kind of social liberals in Germany getting getting more confident and starting to to hold this kind of kind of American style events, but also we've seen on the other side of the coin German conservatives borrowing these tactics um, from the the American Republican Party, uh, in particular this this very strong emphasis on, on wokeness and, and political correctness. And in some cases, that that's really been quite explicit. So the, the Bavarian ruling party also made a, a very prominent visit to DeSantis last week, the, the Florida governor who's running for the Republican presidential nomination.
0: Now, I know you, Rosie, particularly enjoyed this story today, um, which is that final pandemic restrictions have been lifted in Japan this week, Uh, but masks have become a mainstay of public behaviour, so much so that people in Japan are now seeking professional help to relearn how to smile.
2: So we thought we'd talk to Richard Lloyd Parry, who lives in Tokyo. He's the Asia editor of The Times. He's been speaking to businesses that are really booming post-pandemic who are on hand to help citizens just get back their grin.
3: People in Japan are holding onto their masks much longer than in, in, in the West. And you can see on the streets that I would estimate 70 to 80% of people are still wearing masks even outside in the spring sunshine. You know, people walking on their own, walking their dogs in the park, most of them are still wearing masks. And at the same time, we we know from this rather specialised group of smile therapists, people who make a living out of advising people how to smile nicely. Their business since the pandemic has really gone through the roof. I was reading about someone earlier who runs a company and and gives these kind of smile courses and she said that her business has gone up four and a half times compared to before the pandemic.
0: Richard's article is on the Times app now but my favourite part of it is this little bit where it says even before the coronavirus pandemic japan has had a distinct attitude towards smiling in feudal times shiny white teeth were regarded as disgusting and women used to blacken them to appear more attractive and then there's this quote from a smiling coach who says that doing so with teeth smiling with teeth hasn't always been appropriate in japan and you can speak japanese without moving your mouth too much
2: Down to floor 11 to the sort of thriving news hub of the Times to speak to Mike Smith, foreign editor of the Times. What are you working on?
0: We're looking at America where Joe Biden is having a showdown with his Republican opponents. Uh, it all focuses on the US debt, uh, which is set to exceed its ceiling unless a deal is done. Uh, it has a big impact on whether Biden can successfully be re-elected next year. Uh, and in France, we're taking a look at cider. Uh, for long, it's been regarded as a fairly poor relation to the French national drink of fine wine. But cider producers are now fighting back and saying that they can produce vintages just as good as the, the greatest chameleon and it's about time the French realise what a great drink cider can be That's it, we're done Uh, do join us tomorrow
2: And remember, if you're enjoying the journalism you're hearing on this podcast well, you can get a lot more of it by taking out a Times digital subscription for full access to the Times website and the app Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited-edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over.